نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك الفيض belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, bismillahi ta'ala, we would like to take the remaining questions from the first half of the book of Hafiz al-Hakami rahimahullah, which he has entitled Alam al-Sunnah al-Manshura. The questions remaining, which are questions uh, related to the prophethood or the belief or iman in the Prophet. Before looking at these final questions from question number 97 through 101, we'd just like to quickly review the questions which we took in the previous lecture, question number 90, in which the Shaykh Rahimahullah asked the question, what is the proof uh, of the fact that the call of the Prophet the previous prophets and messengers were all in agreement upon the asl al-ibadah yani upon the fact of tawheed the obligation of singling out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and he mentioned a number of proofs he mentioned proofs which were general and proofs which were detailed from the various verses of Quran those which mentioned that every prophet was sent uh, with this call to worship Allah alone and to avoid the Tagut and specific ayat that dealt with the mentioning of various prophets and that their call was to worship Allah alone and to avoid the worship of false gods. In question number 91, he said, what is the proof for the fact that there is difference in the laws, the legal uh, codes that were given to the various prophets in concerning the furu'a, the branches, meaning here, as he says, al-halal wal-haram. What is the proof that there is difference in what was made lawful and what was uh, made unlawful, what some of the nations were obligated to do, were made obligatory upon them, while others were not. And he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 48, that لِكُلِّنْ جَعَلْنَا مِنْكُمْ شِرَعَةً وَمِنْهَاجَ that for every one, for every nation, for every people yani a prophet was sent to them with a law and with a way a way of implementing that law, a way of traveling moving along the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then uh, he also mentioned the hadith of the prophet وسلم, that he said that we the prophets are brothers brothers who are from one father but different mothers and the scholars of hadith said that this is an indication that the asl or the origin of the prophets all of them is from one origin or one source while their mothers being different it means that the foundation of what they called is tawheed and the legal code that they brought with may have been somewhat different in question 92 he asked, has Allah mentioned the stories of all of the messengers in the Qur'an? And he said that Allah has mentioned that which is sufficient of the stories of the prophets and messengers and he has not mentioned all of them. How many of them have been mentioned in the Qur'an? And he said, he mentioned the names of 25 who have been mentioned specifically in the Qur'an. And then, yani, this is, uh, the meaning of this is that there were many prophets sent However, not all of them have been named, have been mentioned by name in the Qur'an. In question number 94, he said, Who are the Ulul Azim? Yani those who have strong resolution or firm will from amongst the messengers. And he said that there are five, and he mentioned 
the ayats from the Quran that indicate this. One of them being Surah Al-Ahzab, chapter 33, verse 7, in which he has mentioned the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa alayhim salam. Uh, then he said, who is the first of the messengers? And he said, the first of them after the ikhtilaf, after the people differed and strayed and went away from Tawheed and fell into shirk, the first of those who were sent to humanity to bring the people back to the correct path, back to Tawheed, it was Nuh salam. In the last question we took, when was that ikhtilaf or that difference or deviation? And he said, according to the statement of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, that between Nuh and Adam السلام, there were ten generations all of them born the truth and then they differed yani then the people strayed and they fell into shirk and then Allah sent prophets to them to warn them yani to give them the good news for those who believe and obey and the warning punishment for those who disobey uh, the remaining questions are five and these questions are also related to the belief in the prophets and the messengers. The first of them, question number 97, Men huwa khatam and nabiyin Who is the khatam, the seal of the prophets? And the shaykh, he answers this question very briefly. He said that the seal of the prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah, in his tafsir concerning the ayat that is mentioned yani, in the following question, said that khatam, the seal of something, it means the end of it, the last of it. And therefore the meaning of the seal of the Prophet, it means that there is no Prophet after him. There is no Prophet to come after him. And he also mentioned the hadith which is reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim from Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhumah, he said, my likeness and the likeness of the Prophet, or the comparison of me and the Prophet, he said, it is like a man who has built a home and he has perfected it and done it well, except that he has left one stone or one brick, one labina, one brick remaining from that house for it to be complete. He didn't put that one in. So the people, when they came and they looked at the house, they were amazed at it. And they thought it was very beautiful and they used to say that if only that labina, that one stone was put in its place. And meaning if that was there, it would be perfect. And that is what is needed to finish it, to complete it and to perfect it. And he said that I am in reference to the other prophets like that labina, that one stone. Meaning that Allah has perfected the deliverance of the message and the guidance of the people. And the only thing remaining is the final prophet and messenger. He said, I am like that stone, I am the final prophet and messenger. In some of the narrations of the hadith, he said, that prophethood has been sealed by me. Uh, after this, the shaykh asked the question, what is the evidence for this? That the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the seal of the prophet. And he said, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ahzab, chapter 33, verse 40, ما كان محمد أبا أحد من رجالكم ولكن رسول الله وخاتم النبيين وكان الله بكل شيء عليما. That Allah subhanahu wa taala He says that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he was not the father of any of your men. He was not the father of any of your men. As the scholars of Tafsir said that he was not the father of Zayd ibn Haritha who he had adopted as a son and they used to call him Zayd ibn Muhammad. He said that he is not the father of Zayd. In reality, he has adopted him, he has raised him and taken care of him, but he is not his real father, such that he could be prevented, that is, such that the Prophet ﷺ would be prevented from marrying the former wife of Zayd. Because it is not really his son, so it is not like the real son. He said, they said also that though the Prophet ﷺ had sons from his wife Khadija radiallahu anha, Qasim and Tayyib and Tahir and he had also his son Ibrahim from Maria to Qaptiya he said in spite of that none of them lived beyond childhood none of them reached the age of adulthood of maturity therefore the meaning here 
that Muhammad وسلم, he is not the father of any of your men, that he didn't have any child that reached adulthood, that was a man that reached the age of adulthood. Walakin Rasulullah, but he is the messenger of Allah. And the scholars of Tafsir said that he is the messenger of Allah, it has many meanings. From amongst those meanings is that he has he is on the level or at the status of the one who is to be obeyed and the one who is to be followed, the one who guidance is sought from. Al Mutah wal Matbu'a. And is that we should obey him and whatever he orders us with and we should follow him in whatever way he has shown to us. Walakin Rasulullah wa Khatam al Nabiyyin. He is the messenger of Allah and the seal of the Prophet. Al Hafiz ibn Kathir Rahimahullah says in his Tafsir, and in the meaning of it in summary, he said that this ayat it is a clear text and a proof that there is no Prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if there is no Prophet after him, then it is more right that we should say that there is no messenger also after him. There is no Prophet after him and there is no messenger after him because the status of Prophethood, it is not equal to the status of messengership. I mean, every messenger is a Prophet, but not every Prophet is a messenger, he says. Therefore, if there is no Prophet, after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then we can say more rightly so that likewise there is no messenger to come after him. Uh, here the Shaykh mentions this as the first proof that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is the seal of the Prophets and the messengers. And then he mentions the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that hadith has been reported by a number of uh, scholars of hadith including At-Tirmidhi and Abu Dawood and Al-Imam Ahmed rahimahumullah and others and some of the scholars said that of the contemporary scholars of Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah said that this hadith is sahih in Majmu'a Turuq that the hadith although there are some uh, defects in some of the chains but when they are collected together they strengthen one another and reach the level of sahih of sihha it is an authentic hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, he said, وَإِنَّهُ سَيَكُونُ بَعَدِي كَذَّابُونَ ثَلَاثُونَ كُلُّهُمْ يَدَّعِي أَنَّهُ نَبِيٌّ وَأَنَا خَابِيِّينَ وَلَا نَبِيَ بَعَدِي And in some of the narrations of this hadith, the wording is slightly different. However, the meaning is basically the same. The beginning of, of the hadith in some of the narrations, it says that the hour of judgment will not come until some of the tribes some tribes of my ummah, they will be joined with the mushrikeen, and they would fall into shirk. And until some of them worship idols, the Prophet ﷺ said the hour of judgment would not come until some tribes from amongst the ummah of Muhammad ﷺ would be joined with, would become equal to the mushrikeen, and some of them would worship al-awthan, idols. And after that he said, and they will come after me, or they will come in my ummah, in some of the narrations, to ummati, thalathun kathabun, and here as the Shaykh has mentioned it in this narration, kathabun, thalathun, yani thirty lies, thirty lies, all of them will claim that they are a prophet, that the Prophet ﷺ refuted that claim, وَأَنَا خَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ But I am the seal of the Prophet. And in case they might try to interpret it, as some of the scholars, contemporary scholars said, that it is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the Prophet to know that some people would try to interpret this expression, Khatim al-Nabiyin, as the Qadiyani have done. And they said Khatim al-Nabiyin means that he is the seal of approval. Not that there are no more Prophets after him, but they will be approved as Prophets or not in accordance with the Prophethood of Muhammad wasallam. But here the Prophet ﷺ, he has closed and he has refuted this interpretation. He said, وَأَنَا خَاتِمَ النَّبِيِّينَ I am the seal of the Prophet. وَلَا نَبِيَّ بَعَدِي And there is no Prophet after me. So there is no room for interpretation. And Shaykh al-Bani, rahimahullah, in some, one of his commentaries on this hadith, he mentioned specifically that many people came claiming prophethood and that there were many groups that deviated and from amongst them are the Qadiyaniyun. He mentioned those by name. And he said, I have many of those two. He said, I have met many of them from India and from Syria. And he has had debates with them. And he discussed it in some detail, some of their false beliefs, including this false belief that 
their, that their leader was a prophet, he also mentioned a number of other false beliefs that they hold. So there were many who came, and from amongst those who came in our time was the Kazab in America, Elijah Muhammad. And in India there was Ghulam Ahmed, and in other countries there were others, in Sudan also they had one in our time who claimed to be a prophet, and so on. The Prophet ﷺ said that there would be thirty, and maybe more than that. كُلُّهُمْ يَدَّعِي All of them يَزْعُمْ All of them would claim that they are a prophet, while I am the seal of the prophet, and there is no prophet after me. Also in the Sahih, in the Hadith, which is Sahih, reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the saying of the Prophet ﷺ to Ali, رضي الله عنه, Ali ibn Abi Talib, he said, أَلَا تَرْضَى أَن تَكُونَ مِنِّي بِمَنْزِلَةَ حَارُونَ مِنْ مُوسَى إِلَّا أَنَّهُ لَا نَبِيَّ بَعْدِي he said, are you not pleased that you be in the position in reference to me like Harun was in reference to Musa السلام, Are you not pleased to have that same relationship? And that was on the occasion when the Prophet ﷺ went on an expedition and he left Ali عنه, behind in charge of the people. And Ali was not pleased not to be going out on the expedition to fight in the way of Allah. But the Prophet ﷺ said, are you not pleased that you have the status in reference to me that Harun had with Musa yani that he was his aide and his assistant except that there is no prophet after me yani Harun was the prophet but the prophet Muhammad said you will be like Harun was to Musa you will be to me except that there is no prophet after me and then he mentioned the saying of the prophet in the hadith of Dajjal and this hadith it appears to be a part of the hadith mentioned earlier the hadith of and it has been mentioned, and this hadith as it is narrated here earlier, the first hadith which he mentioned, it has been narrated on the authority of Thawban, radiallahu anhu, and Abu Huraira and others, by various collectives of hadith. And in some of those narrations, it mentions, Dajjalun kazzabun. And the great deceivers and liars, that the hour of judgment would not come until these great deceivers and liars would come forth claiming prophethood. And in that hadith, the wording is the same as the previous hadith, that I am the seal of the prophets and there is no prophet after me, even though that hadith has some defects, but the meaning of it is confirmed in the earlier hadith. And he said that the other proofs or the other narrations, uh, besides these, there are many. <coughs> Indeed, these few proofs, though they are few, they are sufficient to refute those today who claim to be Muslim and yet try to uh, attribute prophethood to anyone after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In question number 99, the Shaykh rahimahullah said that what has our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam been distinguished with? What has he, what distinction has he been given to the exclusion of the other Prophets? What has Allah distinguished him with that he has not given to any of the other Prophets alayhi wasallam? The Shaykh said that he has many khafa'is and many particular or peculiar or exclusive characteristics, special characteristics. He has many and some and they have been mentioned in any books that have been written exclusively on the topic of the khafa'is or the special characteristics of the Prophet Any books have been written especially or exclusively on this topic alone. From amongst the khafais or the special characteristics of the Prophet ﷺ, he said, is that he is the seal of the Prophet, as we have mentioned already. And from amongst his particular peculiar or special characteristics is that he is Sayyid, Waladi Adam, that he is the leader or the master of the children of Adam, yani of the human beings. He is the leader of all human beings. Kama fussira bihi qawluhu ta'ala, as the saying of Allah has been explained. And this, this ayah of the Qur'an that he is mentioning now, it has been explained by this statement of the Prophet ﷺ in an authentic hadith that he is the leader or the master of the human being, Walid Adam. He said that this statement has been given as an explanation of the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2, verse 253, Tilka al-Rusul, ba'dahum ala ba'd. مِنْهُمْ مَنْ كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ وَرَفَعَ بَعْدَهُمْ دَرَجَاتِ That these are the messengers 
فَضَّلْنَا بَعْدُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْدُ And we have given preference to some of them over others. Some of the prophets, Allah has given them preference or superiority. Some of them over others. And some from amongst them, Allah has spoken to. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ كَلَّمَ اللَّهِ And from amongst them is the one whom Allah has spoken to directly. And that is Musa السلام, And the Prophet وسلم, Muhammad, Allah has also spoken to him directly. وَرَفَعَ بَعْدَهُمْ دَرَجَاتٍ And some of them, we have raised, يعني, we have raised some of them darajat, يعني degrees, or يعني, to some excellence, better than, higher than others. Some of the scholars of Tafsir said that the one who has been raised degrees, رَفَعَ بَعْدَهُمْ some of them said it is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu While the earlier part of the ayat, فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضُ Some of them said that is in reference to the Prophet sallallahu that he has been given preference over others. And some of them said the one who was raised up it is Idris because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that he raised him up to a high place. And some of them said it means ulul azm that it means those five prophets whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks of having firm resolution. Uh, and some of them said, it is as it has been mentioned in the hadith of Isra and Mi'raj, that when the Prophet ﷺ made the night journey and ascended to the seven heavens, that he saw the various prophets on different levels of heaven. So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, given, has raised some of them above others. Some of the scholars said that this is the meaning of it, that Allah has given a higher status. He has raised some of them to a higher degree of honor and excellence than others, as the Prophet ﷺ witnessed and the Mi'raj, the ascension to the seven heavens. After this, the Shaykh, he says, this ayat has been explained in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu And some of the narrations, it said, أَنَا سَيِّدُ وَلَدِ آدَمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ That I will be the leader or the master of the human beings on يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَا فَخْرَةِ and this is not said out of pride or arrogance. It is a reality, it is a truth. In some of the narrations it mentioned, he said, In my hand is the banner or the flag of praise. And this is not said out of pride. And that there is no prophet on that day, not Adam or those others besides him, except that they will be under my banner, under the banner of the Prophet Muhammad yani as the leader of humanity including the prophets. And some of the narrations, it said, Ana Sayyid Al-Qawm Yawm Al-Qiyamah That I am the leader of the people Wa Ana Sayyid Al-Nas The leader of humanity on Yawm Al-Qiyamah And the various narrations, and some of them it said, Wa Awwalu Man Yunshaq Anhu Al-Qabr And I am the first one that the, that the grave, that the grave will be open to come forth for resurrection on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. وَأَوَّلْ شَافِعِمْ And the first one who will intercede, who will seek to intercede. وَأَوَّلْ مُشَفَّعْ And the first one who Allah would allow to intercede, would give permission to intercede for the others. And that hadith narrated in the Sahih of Muslim and in others. And also it has been reported in the authentic hadith of Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا تُفَضِّلُونِي عَلَى الْأَنْبِيَاءِ And it don't give me preference over the prophets and messengers. <coughs> and Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir mentioned a number of explanations, five or six different explanations of what is the possible meaning of this. And from amongst those explanations he said that the Prophet ﷺ said, don't give me preference over the other prophets out of humility. Though he knows that he is the one who Allah has preferred over others. As he has said in the hadith that the Shaykh has mentioned here, that I am Sayyid Walid Adam. I am the leader of the people, children of Adam, the leader, the leader of humanity. <coughs> and some of them said, and Sheikh Al-Hafiz uh, ibn Kathir, another interpretation he gave, he said that this statement was made when the incident took place between a Muslim and a Jew. And the Jew said that Allah has made Musa better than everyone. He has preferred him over the whole of humanity. And the Muslim became angry. He said, even Muhammad wasallam, And the Jew said, yes. And he smacked him in the face. So the Jew complained. He went to the Prophet ﷺ and told him what happened. And the Prophet ﷺ said, لا تفضلوني على الأنبياء Don't make preference to me over the other Prophets. Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir said that one of the interpretations of this is that it shouldn't be given preference to the Prophet 
over the others in that situation when there is a dispute between the people arguing over which prophet is better he said don't give preference to me over the others while in fact indeed he is the one who is preferred by Allah over all of humanity including the prophets and messengers and he has given other interpretations then also from the khafa'is or the special characteristics of the prophet وسلم, uh, he said that he has been missioned that he has been missioned, he has been sent to the whole of humanity, all of them, in general, the jinn as well as the human beings, as has been mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf, verse 158, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet to say, O humanity, O mankind, verily I am the Messenger of Allah to you, Jamian, to all of you, to the whole of humanity. <coughs> and also the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Sabah, verse 28, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ That we have not sent you except to the whole of humanity, kafatan لِلنَّاسِ To all of humanity as a warner, as a, a giver of good news and as a warner. And the Prophet ﷺ confirmed this in a hadith in which he said, I have been given five things that have not been given to anyone before me. The first of them is Nusirtu Birrab, Nasiratu Shahr, that I have been given victory by the fear, a rub, fear being placed in the hearts of the enemy even if they are a distance of one month away. As far as the distance of traveling one month in that time, if they were that far away, Allah put fear into the hearts of the enemy of the Prophet ﷺ before they met, even at a long distance. وَجُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضِ مَسْجِدًا وَتَهُورًا He said, also the earth has been made for me as a place of worship, a masjid. Yani any place in the earth we may pray, except those things that have been and he mentioned as exceptions in the Sharia. But the whole of the earth is as a place of worship, as a place of sajda, a place of salat for the Muslims, وَتَهُورًا And also, it is a means of purification. And it's tayammum. The earth has been made as a place for prayer, and it has been made as a means through which the believer can purify himself if there is no water. And this is a facility that has been given exclusively to the followers of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, so that wherever they may be, you can always pray. He said, wherever a man from amongst my ummah, and it also includes a woman, man or woman, or even child, who is praying, wherever a man from amongst my ummah, wherever the salat reaches them, the time of the salat came, wherever they may be, then he may pray, wherever he may be. And also it has been made lawful for me, al-ghanaim, yani the spoils of war, and it was not made lawful for anyone before me. And the earlier prophets were not allowed to take from the spoils of war. But the Prophet ﷺ, he said, this is something that was given to me exclusively, that whatever they captured from the enemy in the war, those spoils he could take from that. And I have also been given a shafa'ah, the intercession, the right to intercede on Yawm Qiyamah. And though there are many whom Allah might give the right of intercession to, but the greatest intercession, it is for the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, that is the general intercession, the intercession in which all of the people would be in fear, and frightened, waiting for the judgment to begin and they would go to the various prophets and eventually only the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ would be able to intercede with Allah to begin the judgment. And finally of those five things that he said I have been given, that no one before me has been given, he said that, if, that every prophet before, كان النبي يبعث إلى قومه خاصة إلى الناس that a prophet used to be sent particularly and especially to his own people. But I have been sent to mankind in general, to the whole of humanity. And this hadith is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. <coughs> then the Prophet ﷺ said that I swear by the one in whose hand is my soul that no one will hear about me. Min hadihi al-ummah, Yahudiyun wala Nasraniyun. That no one who hears about me from this ummah, whether he is a Jew or a Christian. And then he dies and he doesn't believe in that which I have been sent with. There will be no one who heard about me from this ummah, even if he is a Jew or a Christian, and he dies without believing in that which I have been sent with, 
except that he will be of the companion liar, be in the hellfire. This hadith is reported by Imam Muslim in his Sahih, and it is a very important hadith because it makes us to know that the Prophet وسلم, was sent to the whole of humanity. He said, No one who hears about me, this Ummah is the Ummah of Dawah. The Ummah of Ijabah means those who have answered his call, the Muslims. But here the Prophet ﷺ, as the scholars of Hadith said, he is referring to Ummah to Dawah. Yani the Ummah that he has been sent to call. And that includes the Jews and the Christians and the other disbelievers, the whole of humanity. He said, no one from this Ummah, the Ummah of Dawah, even a Jew or a Christian who hears about me, and then he dies after hearing about me and he doesn't believe in that which I have been sent with, then indeed definitely he will be of the companions of the fire. And this hadith, Imam Muslim, he has married in Sahih and the chapter heading that has been placed above it by Imam al-Nawi is the obligation of believing in the messengership of Muhammad that every person on the earth after his missioning must believe in him that means he has been sent to the whole of humanity then the shaykh closes this question by saying and he also has that is the Prophet also has many other khasa'if other than what we have mentioned and you may search for them in the nusuf the text the text of Quran and Sunnah and Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajr al-Sikrani has discussed this in some detail, the khafais of the Prophet and he has mentioned in his explanation of Sahih al-Bukhari a number of other khafais of the Prophet some of them or most of them, probably all of them we have mentioned before on another occasion however for the benefit is a reminder from amongst that which Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajr al-Sikrani has mentioned he mentioned 17 of the khafais of the Prophet five of them those which are mentioned in this hadith and after that he mentioned others from amongst them that he had comprehend speech and that he, is, he has been made this, that the prophets have been sealed by him and there is no prophet to come after him and that our lines were made like the lines of the angels and the lining up of prayer of the Muslims is the way the angels line up and also that he has been given the final verses of Surah Al-Baqarah Khawatim Surah Al-Baqarah and the last verses of Surah Al-Baqarah those verses in which it is reported authentically from the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahih of Muslim he said whoever reads these two ayats from the end of Surah Al-Baqarah fil layla kafatahu they will be sufficient for him some of the scholars said they will be sufficient for him meaning sufficient yani it will take the place of Qiyam al-Layl if he didn't pray in the night and some said it will be sufficient as a protection from the evil of Shaitan in any case what is clear is that whoever reads these two ayats in the night, then they will be sufficient for him. Allah will make them as a sufficiency for that person. He said also that he has been given the keys of the earth. In the, the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, he said that I have been given the keys of the storehouses of the earth. And he mentioned Asham and Faris and Al-Yemen, that he has been given. Yani that he, his, his ummah would conquer the other nations and they would have the treasures of the earth, of all the nations of the earth. And that took place. And also that he has been named with the name Ahmed, the most praiseworthy one. And also that his ummah is the best of the ummah, better than the other nations of the earth, the, the followers of the other prophets. And also that he has been forgiven whatever he has done before and that which will come after. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you are forgiven whatever has been done before and whatever will come after that. And also Al-Kawthar, that he has been given the Kawthar. And as it has been reported also in an authentic hadith in the Sahih al-Bukhari, he said, I entered the Jannah and I found myself at a river. And he described that river. And then he said that I asked Jibreel, what is this? And Jibreel said, هذا Al-Kawthar, الذي أعطاق الله عز وجل. But in the Jannah, it is the Kawthar that Allah has given to you. It is mentioned in the Quran, Surah Al-Kawthar. He has been given this, and this is also something special for the Prophet ﷺ. The banner or the flag of praise that all of the other Prophets will follow behind the banner of the Prophet ﷺ. And also that his shaitan, that it has, that Allah caused it to submit. He caused the shaitan of the Prophet ﷺ to submit so that he didn't try to call him to evil. 
And then he said that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he has forgot the 17th, the last of those things, but he has mentioned, Al-Hafiz ibn Hajr al-Quran, he mentioned that other scholars, Al-Sanani, he has mentioned it in his commentary on Ihkam al-Ahkam of Ibn Jatik al-Eid, that it is that his wives, the wives of the Prophet sallallahu were made as helpers, that they would help him, and yani that they wouldn't oppose him and make difficulty for him, but they would be his helpers. And other qasais have been mentioned, Al-Hafiz ibn Hajr al-Asqalani said that some of the scholars have collected so many of the qasais of the Prophet that they reached to 16 qasia, yani 16, 60 special characteristics or peculiar characteristics, gifts that have been given to the Prophet <coughs> After this, the Shaykh, <coughs> and this, 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 this uh, question and what has been mentioned by the Shaykh in the text of the book and that which Al-Hafiz Ibn Hajar Askarani has mentioned that we have quoted, it shows the greatness of the status of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. shows the greatness. It is not as we imagine that he is the final Prophet whom we have heard the message through him and that is all of it. Yeah, he is the seal of the Prophet. But more than that, Allah has given him so many khasaif, special things that he has not given to anyone besides him. In question <coughs> number 100, the Shaykh said, ما هي معجزات الأنبياء? What are the معجزات of the Anbiya? Yani miraculous feats or those things which are yani outside of the ordinary, that are not common things that people are able to normally do. He said the معجزات he said, Al-Mu'ajizat hiya amrin khariq lil'ada makhroon bil-tahaddi talim an al-ma'arida. Yani he says, the Shaykh Rahimahullah says, the Mu'ajizat, it is something that is outside of the ordinary. Something extraordinary, something unusual that commonly, that people are not commonly able to do. And he said that it is accompanied by a tahaddi yani by a challenge. It is something that the Prophet does and it is used as a challenge to the other people to challenge them to respond to his challenge or to, to refute him as the Prophet or as a messenger. And it is free from any mu'arada. I mean nothing can oppose it or contradict it. This is the definition that the Shaykh Rahimahullah has given. And <coughs> Shaykh Rasulullah ibn Taymiyyah Rahimahullah <coughs> he said in Al-Jawab al-Sahih that it is more right that we should use the expression ayat instead of mu'jizat, that we should use the expression ayat, signs, for the, these uh, uh, unusual or outside of the ordinary things that the prophets have been enabled to do by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather than to call them mu'jizat, we should call them ayat, ayat, that they are signs. These are the signs of an-nubuwa, the signs of their prophethood and they are proofs and they are evidences that show that they are really prophets and this he said it is because this, this expression has been used in the Quran ayah and bayina and burhan these expressions have been used therefore he said that the expression that we should use for these feats when they are performed by the prophets we should call them ayat al nubuwa wa burhaniha wa bayinatiha because this, these are the Quranic expression Allah has used for such feats or events that have taken place at the hands of the Prophet And also Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen in his book Minhaj Ahl Sunnah Fil Aqeedah Wal Amal the methodology of the Ahl Sunnah in Aqeedah and in actions or practices he has also discussed this point in that small essay uh, in which he has given the same opinion that the expression ayah it is uh, more proper that it should be used because it, is ha- it has come in the Qur'an and also because Ma'ajizah, he said, it is an expression that contains the meaning of something that other people are not able to do. And he said the tricksters and deceivers and the magicians, they are able to do things that other people are not able to do. And they are not uh, what we mean by ayat of the Prophet. So he said that this expression, it means something that maybe a strong man can lift something that other people are not able to lift, something very heavy, that it is unusual, that anyone can lift it, and a very, very strong man might be able to lift it. It means to do something that other people are incapable of doing. So he said that this meaning, it is, uh, it is better that rather than to use the word mu'ajiza, which is commonly used by most of the scholars, 
he said it is better that we should use the word ayah. Allahu alam. Shaykh also said it is not a condition that the ayat of the Prophet have to contain a challenge. It is not a condition that they have to also challenge the people with that ayat. But in fact, the ayat that Allah has given to the Prophet, it is a proof of their prophethood. It is a proof that that one, that he is indeed a Prophet of Allah. Even if there is no challenge contained in it. And from amongst them, from amongst that which he said, it is from the ayat of Allah, is the information or the prophecies of the earlier prophets of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then the Shaykh al-Hakami rahimahullah says, after giving his definition or as in the completion of his definition of the mu'jiza, the mu'jiza of the anbiya, he said it is either hasiya or ma'anawiya. Mu'jiza is either hasiya, something that is that you perceive, perceptual or sensual, that you can sense or you can feel or you can touch or you can see, or it is ma'anawiyan, something conceptual, something that you identify or that you visualize by the mind, not by the physical senses of the body. He said it is hasiya, that which you witness by the sight, by the eyesight, and that you hear. Like the coming out of the naqa, the she-camel that came out of a stone, that came out of the stone as a miracle. Or like the turning of the staff of Musa salam into a snake. Or like the speaking of the jamadat, the inanimate things, the inanimate objects that were in the earth that were enabled to speak. He said, and that which is similar to this. These are the hasiyya, that which you can perceive perceptual, you can perceive by the senses. Or the mu'jizat, they are also ma'anawiyya, conceptual, that which you witness by the basira. Yani the hissiyya is that which you witness by the basir, the eyesight. And the ma'anawiyya is that which you witness by the basira, the insight. Yani the, con- the things that you conceptualize. And these are, this is like the miracle of the Qur'an. It is not something that you see some events taking place, but it is something that the mind can understand and conceptualize. And he said, <coughs> he said that the Prophet, our Prophet Muhammad wasallam, that he has been given uh, from each of these, yani from that which is hissiya, perceptual, as, as well as that which is ma'anawiya, conceptual. He has been given both types. In fact, he said, there is no mu'jiza, there is no Mu'jiza that w- was for any of the prophets of the past, except that the Prophet ﷺ, Muhammad, he has been given that which is greater than it. Yani of a similar type. He has been given something similar to what they have been given, but that which is greater than it. <coughs> he said, from the, those which are perceptual, that you can uh, by the senses, he said it is the splitting of the moon. That the moon was split in the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ as a sign as an ayah of his prophethood and the truthfulness of his mission and the Quraysh, they didn't believe it they thought that, they said he has done magic and made the people to imagine that they saw something which they didn't see then they asked the travelers who were traveling who came to Mecca from outside did you see anything in the sky? magic had not been done on them, they said we saw it, the moon was split it wasn't magic but Allah made it happen as an ayah, as a proof also from the ayat that are perceived by the senses was the crying or the whining of the tree trunk that the Prophet ﷺ used to give his khutbah of Jummah at that place of that tree trunk and when a mimbar was built for him he left the tree trunk to use the mimbar and that tree trunk began to cry like a baby and the companions of the Prophet ﷺ witnessed it and the Prophet ﷺ came and hugged it and hold it until they said it gradually ceased crying and whining until it stopped crying and this was witnessed by the companions of the Prophet ﷺ likewise the water that came from between the noble fingers of the Prophet ﷺ when they had a small amount of water and he put his hand in that container and water came from between his fingers until all of his companions who were present at that time performed wudu from it one of the narrators of the hadith Qatada he said, I said to Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, how many were you at that time? He said, 300 or more than that. He said, but even if we were more than that, then all of us still would have made, yani, we would have used that water and we would have performed wudu from it. And likewise, from the, those, those ma'ajizah that, or ayat that the Prophet was given, 
was the speaking of the zira'ah, yani the, what do you call this, um, yani the leg of the animal that was given to him to eat, and it spoke to him. And likewise, the tasbih, or the praising of the ta'am, yani that he, that could be heard praising Allah, and other than this, that which has been reported in the authentic narrations of hadith, which are mutawatir, from innumerable chains of narration, from innumerable chains of narration about which there is no doubt. However, the Shaykh, he says here <coughs> that these ayat which can be perceived by the senses or which were perceived by the senses, like the other mu'ajizat of the Anbiya, they have ended yani with the ending of the time of those who witnessed them. And then nothing remains from them except the mention, those who mentioned that this took place and that took place, like the miracles of the earlier prophets. And it is mentioned that these, uh, these events took place. And likewise, for the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, all of these events, they are mentioned and people still remember them today. Especially for us, it has been reported through authentic chains of narration about which there is no doubt. However, he said, the mu'ajiza that remains, that is eternal, al-baqi, al-khalida, it is this Qur'an whose uh, yani, yani the amazingness of it, that which is amazing about it, it will not end. Yani the miracles or the mu'ajiza or the ayat that were uh, that were performed or that were given at the hands of the prophets before all of them the only things that are, remem- are only remembered by the people however this Quran it is the remaining ayah and it is the eternal ayah that whose amazingness will never end he said then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Fussilat verse 42 وَلَا يَأْتِيهِ الْبَاطِلُ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَلَا مِنْ خَلْفِهِ تَنْزِيلٌ مِنْ حَكِيمٍ حَمِيدٌ that falsehood cannot approach it from before it nor from behind it. Indeed, the Qur'an, it is revelation, tanzeel, that has been sent down from Hakim and Hamid, the one who is wise and the one who is praiseworthy. The last question that the Shaykh mentions that we will take and end with it, it is question number 101. What is the proof of Ijaz al-Qur'an? What is the proof of the miraculous nature of the Qur'an? The proof of this is that it has been revealed over a period of more than 20 years, mutahaddiyan bihi. It has been revealed over a period of 20, more than 20 years, challenging the enemies of the truth and the enemies of the Prophet challenging them by this Qur'an, while they were the most uh, fluent in uh, they were the most fluent or pure in speaking the Arabic language and the most capable of speaking they were the best of people in this thing and they were also the most eloquent in speaking and the highest the best in bayan in, in making clear what they wanted to say even though they were the most eloquent and the best in expressing themselves and the purest in language, that is the Arabs, the Quraysh particularly, the tribe of the Prophet in, in spite of that, the Qur'an challenged them with these words, فَلْيَأْتُوا بِحَدِيثٍ مِثْلِي Yani, if they said that the Prophet that he has forged it, he has invented this, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَلْيَأْتُوا بِحَدِيثٍ مِثْلِي Then bring a hadith like it. Yani bring a speech, bring some uh, something like the Qur'an, bring something like what has been revealed of the Qur'an, bring one like it, in Kanu Fadithin, yani if they are truthful. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Tur, chapter 52, verse 34. And likewise, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Hud, chapter 11, verse 13. قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِأَشْرِ صُوَرٍ مِثْلِهِ مُفْتَرِيَاتِ And if they claim that the Prophet ﷺ has invented it, then Allah said to them, say to them, then bring ten chapters like it. Not a whole Qur'an, like in the previous ayat, but just bring ten chapters like it, that you are able to fabricate. If it is fabricated, you fabricate ten like it. 
Then he said, finally, in Surah Yunus, chapter 10, verse 38, قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِثْلِهِ Just bring one chapter like it, even one chapter like it. Bring one chapter like it, if it has been fabricated. <coughs> and these ayat are clear proofs of the inability of the pagans to meet the challenge of producing something like the Qur'an, even a part of the Qur'an. The Shaykh says they didn't do it. They didn't even have any hope that they could do it. Yani they didn't even imagine that they should try. And this is because, yani, and this in spite of the fact that they were very yani, intensely eager to refute the Prophet in any way that was possible. They wanted to refute him, but they couldn't do it. And this is also in light, in, yani, even in spite of the fact that the Qur'an, its letters, the haruf and the kalimat and the words were from the same type of speech that they were normally conversating with, that they were normally communicating with. And also, <coughs> it was in this communication with the Arabic language that they used to compete with one another and that they used to be proud of themselves over this language, their ability to speak the language and the ability to, uh, to bring some speech that was very beautiful and unmatchable. And yet in spite of that they were unable to meet the challenge. Then, the, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proclaimed to them, making clear their inability to meet, the, meet this challenge and manifesting their inability, their inability or the, the impossibility of producing something like the Qur'an he said to them in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 88, That even if the men and the jinn were to come together, gather together, for the purpose of bringing something like this Qur'an, they will never bring the likeness of it even if some of them were helping others of them. And they would never be able to do it. Finally, Allah told them that they would never be able to do it if you all come together. Not only the Quraysh or the Arabs, but the whole of humanity, men and jinn. If they all came together, they could never produce the likeness of the Qur'an. Because the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet said in the hadith of al-Bukhari and Muslim, that there was no Prophet from amongst the Prophets except that he has been given from the ayat here he used the expression in the hadith, the ayat, except that he has been given from those ayat that which the people, the human beings believed in it. And they believed because of those ayat. There is no prophet except that he has been given ayat, the likeness of which people believed because of them. And he said, but that which I have been given, it is wahi, awhahullah ilayya. But what I have been given is revelation. And not like the signs of the other prophets, but what I have been given, and what is superior to those kinds of signs, even though he has been given those also, but what is more important is that I have been given revelation that Allah has revealed to me. That I, so I hope that those who follow me on Yom Qiyamah will be more, will be the most. Because the sign that he has been given is the greatest sign. It is that lasting and eternal ayat that is Qur'an. Then the Shaykh closes by saying that the people, meaning the scholars, they have authored in the, concerning the various aspects of the Ijaz al-Qur'an. Yani the fact, the, this idea that the Qur'an is inimitable, it cannot be imitated, it, nothing can be made like it. It is, it is impossible for anyone to produce the equal of it or similar to it. The scholars have written concerning this topic of Ijaz al-Qur'an from the various aspects, including al-alfaz, the wordings of the Qur'an. But they cannot produce wordings like this. Wal-ma'ani, the meanings of the Qur'an, the beautiful and in-depth uh, meanings that contain in the Qur'an. As well as the akhbar, al-madiya, wal-atiya, min al-mughibat. As well as the news of those things, the, the events of the previous nations and the future events that hadn't taken place yet, that are from the matters of the unseen. Whether it is from the past that he could not have known, or that which is in the future which he could not have known, they have written all, from all these aspects he said, but they haven't reached in their effort. They haven't reached in their effort to show the ajaz of the Qur'an that it is inimitable, that it is miraculous. They haven't reached except the likeness of that which is taken in the beak 
of a small bird, a sparrow, what he takes from the water from the sea. Yani the amount of water that the small bird takes in his beak if he drinks from the sea, that is the extent that they have reached in manifesting and showing the greatness of this Qur'an. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, shadun la ilaha illa anta astaghfirka wa tubu ilayk. This is the last question that we wanted to take from this section. In the next few weeks, bi'adhanillahi ta'ala, we'd like to review quickly. Yani the essence, summary of these questions that we have taken in the last few months, Quickly we would like to review them and then we will have maybe after a few weeks examination for those who would like to take the examination. At this point we will stop and take any questions or any comments or corrections until we hear the adhan. If we hear the adhan, somebody please open the window. Jazakallah khair. Inshallah. Naam. I in, in reference to <coughs> uh, sister said then sister said that um, the miracle or one of the uh, ayat that the prophet sallallahu was given it was uh, the 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 ra yani the the leg of lamb or the the part of that uh, animal that was given to the prophet by a jewish woman who had poisoned it and that uh, piece of animal that piece of the the member of the body of that animal that was given to him poisoned that it spoke to him informing him of such and some of the scholars said that uh, the prophet became sick from this uh, and later, after some time, uh, it caused, it had a lasting effect on him. In any case, the point is that it is from the miracles that the Prophet ﷺ has been given that this uh, inanimate thing that is not living, that it has spoken to him. Allah alam. Now, any other question? And it was at the time that this took place in the lifetime of the Prophet The brother is saying uh, that uh, one of the shuyukh has mentioned uh, that the Chinese have in their history a year that is called the year of the splitting of the moon and that was in the lifetime of the Prophet Okay, inshallah after that then we take the question. Look from here? No? Now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So.
I would like to just take a moment to mention uh, something. Last week, a question came about people who are engaging in some acts of shirk, which are clear acts of shirk, and what is the ruling concerning them. And I said that uh, some of the scholars have discussed this, and one of the places where we have read about this is in Kitab Tawheed, in the chapter entitled, The Explanation of Tawheed, and the Explanation of the Testimony of La Ilaha Illallah. In this chapter of Kitab Tawheed, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen <coughs> mentions under the ayah where Ibrahim salam said to his father and to his people, إِنَّنِي بَرَاءٌ مِمَّا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي That I am free of whatever you are worshipping uh, except the one who has created me. And he gave a very beautiful explanation of this ayah from amongst what he said is that the people of Ibrahim they were worshipping Allah and they were worshipping other things besides Allah. And Ibrahim said, I am free of whatever you are worshipping except the one who has created me. And he said that this was an indication that they were worshipping Allah, but they were also worshipping others along with Allah. And this is similar to the Muslims today who are worshipping other than Allah, worshipping Allah and worshipping others other than Allah. He said, but I am free of whatever they are worshipping except the one who created me. And he said that he didn't say except Allah, but he said except the one who created me. And in this expression was an indication of why he was worshipping him alone, because he is the one who created me. So anything that has not created me doesn't deserve to be worshipped. Then the Shaykh, after giving this explanation which I have summarized here, he said, and likewise, it is found in some of the Islamic lands. Those who pray, yusalli, men yusalli, wa yuzakki, wa yusum, wa yuhuj. People in the Muslim societies, buldan islamiyya, they are praying and they are giving zakat and they are fasting and they are making hajj. Wa ma'adhalik yazhabuna ilal kubur. And with that they are going to the grave. And they are prostrating to them and they are bowing to them. فَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ غَيْرُ مُوَحِدِينَ And they are Kafirs. They are not the people of Tawheed. Even though they are fasting and they are praying and they are giving zakat and they are making hajj. They are no different than those who are worshipping Allah and worshipping something along with Allah. What is shirk? Except that you worship something along with Allah. He said they are فَهُمْ كُفَّارٌ غَيْرُ مُوَحِدِينَ وَلَا يُقْبَلْ مِنْهُمْ أَيُّ عَمَلٍ And no deed that they done is accepted from them. And that this is some of the most dangerous things that is found in the Islamic societies. لِأَنَّ الْكُفْرَ بِمَا سِوَ اللَّهِ عِنْدَهُمْ لَيْسَ بِشَيْءٍ Because doing kufr, yani falling into kufr, yani worshipping something besides Allah, is considered insignificant. They are going to the grave and worshipping other than Allah, as though it's nothing. It's as though it's nothing, it doesn't have any importance. And he said, this is ignorance from them. And it is also tafreet min ulama'ihim. And it is the neglect of their scholars. And this point is very important for us to keep in mind because it is their ignorance and the scholars are also responsible. But they are not free of blame. So that we are also responsible. We are not the scholars, but we are people who know about Tawheed and we know about Shirk. Therefore we are responsible to make those people know they are ignorant. If the scholars don't inform them and the people who know don't inform them, they will not be free of blame. They will be blamed and we will also be blamed. And we will also be blamed. And that is the point. Because the common people, they take from their scholars. But some of the people, some of the scholars, he said they are scholars of the state. Yeah, I mean, they are not concerned about calling the people to the truth. So this is very important. I wanted to read this because I said last time that this is a very sensitive matter. However, it is a clear matter. It is a clear matter. It is not something that should be taken lightly. We should take it seriously and we should be responsible for it. And also the fatwa of Sheikh Sali Al-Fawzan, Allah Yahfadhu, concerning ignorance, concerning being excused by ignorance. And I also mentioned that he has given a fatwa concerning this. And he said that those who fall into acts of shirk, whether, whether it is actions or speech, and they are in the Muslim society, and it is permiss- possible for them to ask the scholars, and to read the Qur'an, and to read the hadith of the Prophet and to hear the speech of the people of knowledge. Who are people in that situation? Then he is not excused from the shirk that he has fallen into. And that is because the da'wah has reached him, and the proofs have been presented upon him. 
as far as the one who is far from the lands of Islam, who is living in the lands of Jahiliyyah, and they are in a society that doesn't know about anything about Islam, that is the one who is excused due to his ignorance, because he doesn't have any way to know, because proofs have not been presented upon him. However, if the proofs reach him, even in the land of Jahiliyyah, in the land of ignorance, in the land of the non-Muslim, if the proofs reach him, if the Dawah reaches him, and he knows, and he comes to know his error, then it is obligatory on him to repent, and to return, and to turn back to Allah. So then they are not also excused. If the evidence is given to them, and the matter is made clear to them, until the end of the fatwa, that is the essential part that we wanted to mention. And we'll stop here inshallah. Next week we'll start our review by Allah Ta'ala. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadwan la ilaha illa anta khatfurka wa tubilayk. If there's anybody who wants to get a copy of that book that the brother Qasim has,